Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Brooklyn View Photography, and I'm so excited to have you here. Tea with Janae is where we talk about all things related to wedding photography and working inside the wedding industry. I'm super pumped for this new episode because we're chatting with one of my closest and best friends, Mikkel of Mikkel Page Photography. She's a destination wedding photographer, a travel blogger, and she calls New York and Raleigh, North Carolina home. She's traveled for weddings from Norway to the Caribbean and from each coast of the United States. Today we're chatting about what it's really like to be a destination wedding photographer and if it's all it's cracked up to be. Also, if you like today's show, I would love for you to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on. This will help new listeners find us and really appreciate your kind words. Love this podcast? Well, I hope you guys do. And when you sign up for listener support, you're basically buying me a new cup of tea each month. I'd love for you to support this podcast and we really appreciate it. Be sure to visit us at www.teawithjanae.com and read our latest blog post. Join our newsletter and our super fun Facebook group. If you have a topic you want us to discuss or someone we should share a cup of tea with, please email me at info at brooklynview.com. Can't wait to hear from you. So sit back, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Mikkel, and I'm so excited to have her with us here today. Hi, Mikkel. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to be with you. Always. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I mentioned this earlier in the beginning of the podcast, but Mikkel and I have been friends for about eight years now, and uh, I shot my first wedding with her, which is so exciting. Um, And we've grown, we've grown together as friends and our businesses have grown and uh, yeah, you're such a great friend. I'm so excited for you to do this. Well, I feel the same way about you. I love you and you're one of my closest friends. So this is really cool. Thank you. I know. And I don't know if people know this, but I actually knew your sister before I knew you. Correct. Yes. Yes. So we worked together at Kate Spade and when we were back in the B-School days when we met up in person and your the last names are the same, I was like, wait a minute, I think I know your sister. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess coincidentally, ironically, ironically, we didn't meet because of my sister, but no. you ended up knowing her, which was such a small world coincidence. Exactly. That's why New York is so tiny. I love that. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what we're going to talk about today is, um, well, before we get into it, let's introduce yourself and tell everybody about you and how you started your business and what's going on. Sure. I am Mikkel Page of Mikkel Page Photography, and I started my business back in 2008 when I was living and working in Orlando, Florida, one of my favorite places in the world. Um And I was in the theme park industry, um, and I simultaneously kind of uh, developed a passion for photography as part of my arts and crafts love for scrapbooking. Fast forward, started 
second shooting weddings and such on the weekends and had my own business and portraits for people and couples and anniversary shoots. And then fast forward to it has been my full-time full-time career. I've been doing this since 2013 when I quit my job to pursue this um, as a, as a business entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so when you went full-time, you know, what, you know, what what happened with that? You gave your notice and how did you make the leap? So it actually plays into today's topic because I distinctly, um, I traveled to a big trip for my 30th birthday and then I came back and I was like, hmm, when can I quit my job? I'm ready. I wanted to use that vacation time. Um, so I quit and made the leap when I had enough um, weddings and everything for the upcoming months that I felt confident that I wouldn't have to eat ramen for, you know, a year. Um <laughs> luckily I never had to even though that was probably the worst case scenario that I would have to and I love ramen so that would have been a-okay with me um so does that answer your question no I've lost the question this is typical of me <laughs> no <laughs> no no it's good yeah sort of you made the leap when you knew yes. you had enough yeah. you know lined up to sort of pursue your dream as being a wedding yes. photographer yeah so you've really transitioned your business from you were First, East Coast in New York only, and then you moved, right? So you do by by city, I guess is how you call it. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of like dual city based. So I um, shoot in the New York City area. Although I find that most people that live in New York City don't get married in New York City. They do it somewhere within the tri-state area, whether it's right outside in New Jersey or somewhere in like upstate New York or Long Island. Long Island's not as popular for me, but like Brooklyn or, you know, um, Long Island city kind of thing. Um, and then mm-hmm. also um, I shoot a lot in Durham and Raleigh in North Carolina. Um, I've done a pie chart for myself this year because I was like actually really curious what the breakdown was. And I am equally 40% in both locations. And then about 20% of the time I have weddings um, elsewhere, which I would consider a destination, um, whether it's been at Saratoga Springs, New York, or back in Orlando for some Disney weddings that are fun, um, or, you know, um, Dominican Republic this month. So it's about a 40-40 split this year. That's cool. Yeah. So let's talk about destination photography sort of what do you consider a destination wedding does it involve a plane or can it be just a long travel distance in a yeah car? so I would say either um sometimes it's a destination for me <laughs> right <laughs> I yeah would say like I wouldn't call it a destination wedding necessarily but um I've shot twice in Norway and that was certainly a destination wedding for me and also um in one instance in particular for most of the guests going to this wedding it was also a destination for them so I would certainly consider that a destination wedding and then also I think like one of the misconceptions and I know we'll get into this a little more but like um is that a destination wedding is like ultra glamorous and it really doesn't have to be I mean Saratoga Springs was a destination wedding in April which is not the peak season for them so it was still like a little cold and wintry and there were not leaves on the deciduous trees yet so that was an interesting destination wedding and, you know, California, a lot of people live in California, but I've shot destination weddings there that the bride and groom and all their guests were not from there either. So that was a destination for them. So I think it varies. I mean, I think it's very loosely defined, so to speak, and 
you can spin it however you want, <laughs> if you want. Yeah, <laughs> yes, totally. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I would say most of the time it's a destination for I, about 80%, if not more of the guests, including the bride and groom, but it varies. Yeah. So let's talk about how be- you became a destination wedding photographer. How did you book your first wedding and sort of maybe share with our listeners, like how you got your foot in the door. Okay. So specifically for destination weddings, um, I, my first destination wedding was in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic, um, which is nice. It's not that far away. Um, especially if you're flying from JFK airport in New York city, um, and it was part of a connection through actually my sister. <laughs> oh, nice. Somebody she worked with was getting married in the Dominican Republic and they were interested in some engagement photos. And I said, do you need a wedding photographer? And originally they said no. Mm-hmm. They said that the hotel um, was kind of all inclusive in its guest situation and accommodations, but also its wedding packages and they had a photographer that was included with it. So I said, okay, well, if anything changes, let me know. And it turned out that what they thought was included was only kind of part of the truth. So it ended up making sense to bring their own photographer um, that they had more confidence and trust in, and that would do a better job in covering the wedding and that they knew and could talk to ahead of time rather than somebody at the resort who wasn't necessarily a wedding photographer um, and they would have had to pay to increase that price anyway um, of what they were going to get. So that's how I booked my first destination wedding. Um, I think like for sure anybody listening that is interested in it, like if you see like a door kind of cracked open, like I did, like they had contacted me for photography. And even though it wasn't for their destination wedding, when I said to them, do you need a photographer for your wedding? Then like it planted the seed like, oh, well, if we do, we'll contact you kind of thing. Yeah. You, you put the little, uh, the reminder in their head (laughs) that they can reach out to you. Well, that's great. So from that wedding, you know, did you, you booked more weddings from that? So I did not book any more weddings from that particular wedding. Um, but I think like it definitely, you know, your friends and family and other past couples see it and then they, it's kind of like top of mind awareness for your brand or for any brand or, um, just part of your passion. Um, I think simultaneously people know that I have always loved to travel. So when you kind of like live your brand, like you walk the talk, um, I think people associate it more. So I actually didn't get any more destination weddings from that, um, but for sure, it like helped me with my portfolio. And I learned so much from doing it. You learn so much with every wedding, but particularly that wedding, um, I learned a lot from. So it helped me, you know, not just the portfolio, but also build the experience in terms of what that kind of destination means. And it, it was in the Caribbean. So there's like a few lessons learned with shooting in the Caribbean, too. Yeah, I would think it would all sort of enhance your next experience or your next job where you're you're going in a little bit more smarter. Right. <laughs> and, you you know, like if you made any mistakes, you would know to avoid them or, you know, just traveling with equipment, which yes. we'll get into. But I think it's, you know, it's oh, there's a lot that goes into oh, yes. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, I think for me, you know, sometimes I get inquiries for destination weddings, which include a plane or include a lot yeah. of travel. And I'm always sort of confused or 
asking for advice about pricing. You know, I think pricing is a very big topic and we could probably spend two right. hours just talking about how, how to do your collections or your a la carte system. And, you know, I think for listeners, and we're talking about, you know, the destination weddings, like how do you, you know, price your services for destination weddings? You know, is it based on location? Is it one flat rate? Like how, what would be your suggestions about pricing? Yeah. So um, for me, and of course what I do or you do doesn't work for everybody, but it's worked for me. I custom quote every single destination wedding that comes my way because I don't think any two weddings are alike, even if they're, you know, local, but for sure destination weddings are always unique. Um, One price tends not to fit all because you're dealing with a lot of travel. You're dealing with flights, um, you know, hidden costs for flights, which I would consider checking a bag um, because that's not included in your flight 99% of the time these days. You're dealing with transfers to get to and from the airport to the location of the wedding. You could be dealing with another transfer to get to the hotel if it's a different location than the hotel that you're going to. You're dealing with um, sometimes visas and taxes and fees and all that stuff surrounding that. And you're dealing with the actual accommodations and then food and all that stuff. So when I quote a destination wedding, I reply and most of the time say like I really want to understand the situation can you tell me if you're working with a travel agent Um, I don't personally work with travel agents for my own travel but a lot of the time with destination weddings I found that they are working with one because they've gotten them group rates or group discounts that they're offering all their guests Um, like including transfers and transportation companies and everything So I want to understand that. I want to understand how many people they're having. If they're having 12 people versus 300, you never know. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I want to understand, like, what kind of coverage are they looking for? Everybody's usually in the same place for a destination wedding for an extended period of time, not just 24 hours. So sometimes they want rehearsal dinner coverage. Sometimes they want more coverage than usual that day. Sometimes they want excursion coverage. So I really want to understand what they want. Um, And then also, I want to know your budget. If um, you only have $2,000 for this, but it's going to cost me $2,500 just to get there, it's probably not a good fit. (laughs) Right. Which, you know, happens sometimes. Sometimes people think it's a gift that they are just contacting me to shoot their destination wedding. And unfortunately... I can't pay for my health insurance with their generous offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, the, you know, do you get pushback from quoting them a travel fee? Like, do they do couples maybe not take into consideration that it costs you X amount of dollars to be part of their wedding day? Absolutely. Um, I find that this is very typical of um, cruise line wedding couples, in particular Disney cruise line wedding couples. I have a strong affinity for Disney Cruise Line. I am a Disney fan. I worked for Imagineering at Walt Disney World. I've been on the cruise several times. Um, So to the couple, they're like, you know, uh, we have $2,000 for you to come on this cruise with us what's it going to cost? And I'm like more than $2,000 because I have to pay (laughs) to come on the cruise. And I know, and this goes back to those hidden fees, like a cruise is not just what you see um, as your grand total. You need to tip everybody on the cruise for one. So it's like, 
you need to pay for all that because I'm not going to, unfortunately, I'm not going to pay you to shoot your wedding. Um, so I, right, right. I think overall, a lot of people are understanding, but there's like two factors with that. One is, um, they look at the grand total that they're paying and they say it's paying for photography when really it's paying for travel plus photography services. So they'll say, you know, we're paying our photographer $3,000. That's our budget. And I'm like, well, you're paying for travel for your photographer, but you have to also pay for photography on top of that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and does. And the other thing is, um, it's kind of, I think, a misconception that like destination weddings are so glamorous overall and exotic. And I think that a lot of couples book a destination wedding because they're craving um, a unique celebration that they can't afford locally. So um, they don't actually have the budget for, you know, everything that they want, which is why they're doing the destination wedding in the first place. So for instance, with Disney Cruise Line, um, I used to get super excited when I was contacted by a couple because it happens like a few times a year. And I still do. But now I'm like a little more realistic, like, don't get excited until you find out what their budget is. Because most of the time, Disney Cruise Line weddings, for instance, only cost about $4,000 total. Yeah. What? Which is why they're oh. getting married that way. And I totally understand that. So once you tell them what it's going to cost to bring you and your services, they're kind of like, but that might cost equal what we're paying for the wedding. So it's a little shocking. Right. So, um, yeah, but I find that like kind of across the board with destination weddings in my experience, um, you know, there's exceptions, obviously you'll get that incredible luxurious destination wedding that they could afford a wedding no matter where. And this is just where they've chosen. But I found that most of the time they can't afford what they want locally, like I said. So that's why Mm -hmm. they're doing a destination. I see. I see. Yeah. I feel like for me, for myself, my destinations are usually in Montauk or, you know, like three or four hours traveling. And then, you know, my couples know that there is a travel fee associated with that. So I do a flat rate. Like I'll sort of look at the area and figure out like a hotel and a car and for how many days, you know, if they want rehearsal and stuff like that. So we, we work on it together, but it definitely is a, a conversation that I have sort of right away, if not on the initial phone call, because that's what they want to know. Like, is there a travel fee? It's like, yep, I have to drive there. There's right, a travel I have fee. To pay for it, so <laughs> you are like, who's going to cover that cost? It's not going to be you. It's your business. Right. Um. So yeah. when you quote them for like a Montauk wedding, because I know you shoot you shoot beautiful weddings there. So if anybody hasn't seen it, they should go to your your blog and look them up. But um, do you have like kind of like um, an, an add on package sort of situation now that you shot there so much that you just know what it's going to cost? So like, you know, I'm just making up an arbitrary number. But are you like, OK, right away, it's five hundred more dollars. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Like the, the places that I go quite often, which which would be Montauk, um, I know that I have like two or three hotels that I like. And depending on the time of year and if there's a two night minimum and the car that I can get, like I know that's going to be six hundred dollars a flat rate. So they'll be like, oh, OK, that's fine. And some couples sometimes will push back. But I know the area and, you know, that's and I think that's coming from experience yeah. where you know what it's going to cost. Like I had a client a great couple last year and they were getting married out East and it was a prime weekend and it was a two night minimum. And like, it was actually a lot of money and they wanted a discount on the, on the travel rate. And I said, absolutely not. It's not your fault. Right. 
Yeah, I said, you you know, you are choosing to get married on a holiday weekend. It's a three-night minimum, and, you know, I'm not the hotel. Right. So they, you know, at the end, they agreed to it. But, you know, sometimes you just have to be very confident in your Absolutely. pricing. And, well, and you have to just stick up for yourself. Because if I was going to, my, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, what do you think about photographers who sort of do travel or destination weddings for just cost. Like they don't travel, they don't charge for their services. They just charge travel. Um, I think that it hurts everybody in the industry. I understand why people do it. Like at the end of the day, at the end of your life, it's your life and what your experiences you're drawing from your life and your opportunities. And I get that. And I, I understand more so like doing it for cost, maybe if it's your first one, um, but I think after that, like it's an un, it's completely an unsustainable business plan um, to not totally. make money, and it hurts the industry. So I don't know. Do you really want to be that person that you know? If ten more people are thinking like you, you're just gonna bring everybody down, right? Yeah, and I think it's sort of. You have to look at it in the long run. I think to get your foot in the door, doing one at cost is going to be great. You know, like you get the experience, you'll get the portfolio, and you can say that you've done a destination wedding. But after that, it's, I think it's also sort of starting your business. Like you even start maybe for free or for cheap or for right. friends. And, you know, but once you get more experience and you become an expert, you have to start charging for your time and your talent. Right. So, you know, yeah. And I think that. For destination weddings, you know, uh, we're in the same Facebook groups. Like people go crazy when it's like, oh, it's just for travel. And some people are like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And for other people who it's like, how can you run your business that way? You know, how can you make a profit? Because the, the fact is that you're not, you know, no, eventually over time, you're going to be you're going to be losing money. A hundred percent. And you can't live like that. Yeah. And then on top of it, it's like you like you said, you're going to lose money, but also for the couple, like there's two sides of this coin. Like for the couple, great. You're doing it for experience, but also for them, they need to consider that it is your first destination wedding. Um, you might not right. be as good as somebody who is experienced, which is why they can charge for it. So yeah, on the flip side, it's like, after you do that one for cost or whatever and know what that cost is. Like if you're going to have to pay $50 to check a bag because you're bringing all your camera equipment on the plane with you. So you can't bring another carry on with your clothes. Like know that the cost includes that $50, like doing it for cost is one thing, but I'm going to caution everybody listening. Who's interested in doing this, that uh, doing it for negative income, is different than ending up, you know, just even. Right. <laughs> like yeah. You're going to end up paying them to shoot their wedding. And, right. and also, yeah. like, I don't know, didn't you have some sort of associated self-worth with getting paid, like you said, for your expertise? Yeah, I think that comes over time. Yeah, I think people have to sort of build up to it. And you know what? Nobody likes to be taken advantage exactly. of. So it has to be a win-win. Yes. Win-win or no deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so what are some of the biggest misconceptions about being a destination wedding photographer? That it's glamorous. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would think so. It's hard work. Yeah, um, it's really hard work. Um, and 
I know, like, for instance, during peak season, I shot a wedding in Jamaica a couple years ago, and it was three days at a resort. Um, I didn't leave the resort. I had my computer with me. It was such peak time that I had to do work when I was there, and um, it was nice to, like, kind of go to the pool for 30 minutes, but not with the stress of, like, all the work I had to do, and, you know, I wanted to (laughs) make sure that I had my wherewithal and my mind together for their wedding. Um, so th- that's just one example. But um, I would say the biggest misconception is like people are getting paid so much money to go to these amazing destinations and it's all a picnic. <laughs> and it's not. I mean, it's it's work still. And I love my job and I'm so passionate about what I do. Um but you also just have to be realistic that, you know, you're still working and you're still there to do a job. You're not there for you. You're there for them. And you need to be really realistic about that. Otherwise, you're just doing the couple a disservice and that'll come through in a review maybe. Or, you know, also like if you're somebody who really likes to drink and party, maybe that's not for you if you're going to go and consider it like a vacation because that could really backfire on you. Um, right. Yeah. Or you do that stuff afterwards. Like you, you can maybe tag on days after you've worked the wedding and then you can enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know, like enjoy the location that yeah. you're in. But yeah, absolutely. Know. But I would say this, like also like know what you're doing with those files because let's just say you go out partying and like, I don't know, like I'm a paranoid person. Like you leave the files, you leave your cards, your memory cards in your room and like the maid comes in and steals your stuff. Like, Yeah, like when I shoot a wedding, I have those cards. Like if I go to the pool the next day, those files are on me and in the room. I have copies. So like they're never just in one location. So, yeah, I agree. And I've done that many times, like tacked on these before or after for travel. Um, I'm an avid traveler also. So like I think that comes with like a lot of confidence and being able to take my equipment on the plane and shoot weddings and know kind of what customs looks like and know the customs forms you have to fill out and all that stuff um that it doesn't stress me out like I think if you also love traveling then it might be a good path for you and if you don't love traveling you might want to reconsider what being a destination photographer could mean to you if it's just going to add stress to your life because of everything that it includes um then maybe it's not that great and you know to that end like uh, it, it is great to do a few destination weddings a year, but it's not the end all be all. It's not like a, like a quantifier of how successful you are or aren't. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I was going to say when I shoot, like I'm bringing, you know, like my backup mm-hmm. gear and all this stuff. Like when you go from place to place, you know, your gear has to be safe. I actually know a photographer who was in Italy and she went to dinner and when she came back, her room was <gasps> robbed. And she had lost all of, she lost like the rehearsal oh dinner. God. She lost all her gear and she was putting out SOSs on Facebook. Like I'm in Italy and all my stuff is stolen. And I have a wedding in three days. And it was just like, you know, all the good forces were like, I, I'm in Milan. I'm going to drive down. You could borrow my camera. Like Aww. she luckily found a camera and a lens and cards and shot the wedding. But it does happen. Like you, you know, that little lock on the door or the security quote unquote of a hotel room doesn't, is not, doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I always have, I always bring the final product mm-hmm. with me um, wherever I go, even if I'm at a restaurant, like it's in my person, 
in a waterproof container, like in case I spill it, like because I'm I'm so paranoid. Yeah, about and that. you should be because that's why they hired you. she's a worry wart she's perfect (laughs) it's so true though like you said like you have to have those files on you right yeah so what gear and sort of cases or even insurance like would you recommend to someone who's listening yeah so the first thing is insurance you need an uh if you're going to shoot destination weddings internationally you need an international kind of rider added to your insurance policy um and if you don't have that and something happens they're not going to cover anything that happened outside of the united states um so that's one thing and it costs a little extra but not too much i mean the security of having it is worth it Yeah, I feel like insurance is a thing that you hate paying for, but when you need it, you're like, oh, thank goodness I have it, which is just, you know, cost of doing business um, Mm -hmm. and proves that you're a full-time professional photographer. Um, And equipment-wise, I always have two camera bodies on me. Um, Pretty much all my lenses. The only one that I sometimes don't bring is my macro lens, my um, 105 millimeter. I shoot Nikon, as do you. Holler. Yes. Holler. <laughs> <laughs> um, only because it's my baby and it's expensive also and heavy. I mean, I bring my 85, which is also expensive, obviously, but I love it and it's dreamy. Um, I think it's a magic lens. Yeah, it's really <sighs> good. It's yeah. a good one. But the, so between the cost and how heavy the macro lens is, and because I have um, a workaround for that, I don't bring my 105 a lot of the time if I'm traveling internationally. So my workaround is that I have um, filters that attach to my 50 millimeter that are damn good. And they were $10 off of Amazon. And you would pretty much never know the difference, um, which is oh, kind of interesting. Yeah, you'll have to give me the link and I can put it in the yeah. show notes for people yeah. listening. Oh, that'd be um, great. Like, so what so, so what gear do you bring? You bring two camera yep, bodies. Two camera bodies, bring... plenty of cards. Uh, yeah, plenty of <laughs> You have your memory cards. And then how many lenses? Do you have three lenses? Let's see. I have one wide that I bring. It depends what kind of mood I'm in or what the situation is. Either a 20 millimeter, which has a lot of fall off. So sometimes I'm careful about that. Or my 24 to 70 which is also heavy, but hmm, say lovey. Um, my 50 for sure. My 85. What is that? Three for sure. Three. And then yeah. like a modifier yeah. on the 50. So I have kind of a three and a half option with the macro attachment. Yeah, for sure. At least okay. three. Okay. That's good. And then what kind of rolly do you use? Do you use anything special or yeah. do you carry everything? On so with I you? used to, I mean, for sure. I carry everything on with me. Checking it is not an option. Um, no, never an option. I fought with like flight oh, attendants yeah. and I'm like, you will rip this bag from my dead gold hands. I'm like, it fits under the seat. I know. <laughs> my least favorite thing is when they're like, oh, you're going to like mostly like if I'm just, you know, going on a flight for personal travel and I take like a rolling thing on like carry on and they're looking at it and they're like, mm, you're going to have to check that. And I'm like, no, I promise you walk on the flight with me. It fits. And they're always like, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. And then, of course, I get on the plane and see a million people putting the same size bag overhead. It makes me so angry. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and speed lights. Obviously, I travel with speed lights. Um, I used to take a think tank, um, the airport security think tank 2.0, I think. Now that's like mm-hmm. kind of turned into my uh, my storage for 
everything for the most part. Um, and I just take that kind of in my car when I drive to weddings and everything, but it's kind of a monster. And because airport security and all that, um, TSA stuff and regulations have changed, I can't imagine it fits on most flights anymore. Um, but for me, the, and this is just travel in my life from traveling a bunch and, um, just less is more kind of theory. The, I Mm -hmm. have, um, I use a, what's it called? A hip slip. No, that's the, what's it called? Janai? Shoot sack. A spider? Oh, shoot sack. Oh yeah. (laughs) I have a shoot sack and I have the totem shoot that I'm obsessed with. And I wear those things down. I'm on my second one. So that's pretty good. So I, put my lenses in my shoot sack and then I put my cat my primary camera body in the little zipper on the outside for the tote and shoot where it goes and then I put um I have like a little protective blanket thing um that I got at a camera store in Japan because they have more camera accessories than I've ever seen in any location ever so I stocked up on some things there so I yeah so so I wrap it in like the little camera blanket thing (laughs) that I bought for it and then I put that on top inside on top of my shoot sack and then I like kind of stuff my um one um one um speed light on top of that and then I'll pack um like a carry-on backpack um because most of the time you're allowed like a personal item on a carry-on as most people know. So my personal item is like my backpack that fits underneath the seat. The truth is the, the totem shoot fits underneath the seat in front of me too. Um, yeah. But I'll take like an extra kind of um, speed light in the backpack or whatever. Um, so I'm totally mobile. I mean, that thing can break your shoulder. I mean, God knows what it wears. Oh yeah. I was going to say, oh, it's yeah. heavy. but, um, that's kind of what I So do. the, so the tote and shoot and the shoot sack are made by the same company and they fit with each other. So I'll put that in the show notes too, where you can find, find those yeah. things. They're both, um, they were created by Jessica Claire and then she sold it and now it's its own company. So yeah, though I use both of those things. That's yeah. great. Um, I think Keith Elliott still owns it, who started it. Oh, yeah. Um, but you can get it at Adorama. I know that. Um, and you can get it, obviously, you'll link up to the website. Um, and um, I take a tripod sometimes. I went to Norway for the first time in January 2014. And because it was a personal trip and I wanted to photograph the northern lights, but also be mobile with my tripod, I invested in a really good tripod that folds up to as small as a great tripod can. Um, so it depends on the situation. I don't always need a tripod, but sometimes I'll take that with me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I have a tripod from Manfrotto and it's, uh, it's kind of big, but a travel one is, is a good idea. I like Yeah, that. I think it costs about $175, which for some people is a little pricey and I understand that, but you don't want to put, um, anything, you don't want to put your camera that costs, hmm, let's say $3,000 at least on a crappy piece of metal. So it's a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, what? Ca- I'm like, my camera is like five grand. There's so much money. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. I feel like, well, when they, I always buy them. Like when they first come out, I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then they go on sale. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I know, so I know you and I know that you travel all the yeah. time and you have your own travel blog, right? right? So, and what is so it called? I, it's called sometimes home because I am sometimes home. I love that name. <laughs> um, yeah, so the travel website, actually, I should link you up to this too. There's a, um, on the top navigation bar of sometimeshome.com, there is a 
um, media tab. And then on there is the SH, sometimes home, SH timeline. And it explains like kind of how my travel website came to be, which was because I was traveling so much for weddings. So I would, like we were talking about, kind of do trips surrounding those weddings. And then I would want to write about them and talk about them. And then even if I just did personal trips, like, you know, I'm thinking of a trip I did to Europe in 2012, which had nothing to do with wedding photography. Um, I started writing about them. And then I was like, this could get confusing for somebody if I do a lot of travel posts on my wedding website. So I decided to split the two after a lot of thought. And then it kind of just became its own thing. So now I I travel a lot for just travel writing too. So I kind of have like a really unique perspective on the whole situation. Yeah. And you're really well-versed in the whole area of being a good traveler (laughs) and, and you, and you go all these places and now, and I think it's really amazing, like for people listening, you know, you're, you left your, you Uh know, corporate job, you followed your passion to be a wedding photographer and now you know, you're doing sort of a side hustle, but also a full-time job of like a travel writer and a travel photographer. And that's just, you know, all they all sort of sprout out from each other, which is incredible. Yeah, I think another kind of, you know, the same misconception about being a destination wedding photographer is how glamorous being a travel writer is. And um, it's not that it's not awesome because I really love it, but you have to really love it because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. It's a lot of research for keywords. It's a lot of research about the destination, knowing your stuff of like what your niche is and what your audience kind of wants to listen to. And then it's a lot of time editing more photos, um, doing more posts, marketing. It's like, yeah, so it's, it's totally another, it's another passion career that I'm sort of getting myself into. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, it's awesome because you know who knows. I mean, you might not want to do weddings forever. You could just, you know, sort of gracefully move into this section, and and that's really that's such a good that's a good option in my yeah, eyes. I mean, I've always <laughs> been somebody who has had mul- her hands in multiple kind of careers and hobbies and everything. And um, I actually thought that I was crazy, and maybe I was the only crazy person who was doing this. So sought out some literature on it, and there was this one book I got off of. Amazon called one person multiple careers that just made me feel less alone like a lot of people do this and they you don't have to choose you can do both and then like you said like I I I just think it's nice to have another option and skill and talent so you're not relying on one thing in your life in this day and age yeah no it's I think having if you could be great at two things that's amazing yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) So I know that you've been sort of really all over the globe. Like what are some of your favorite places to travel for weddings? And do you have one that you wouldn't go back to? My favorite places to travel for weddings are, you know, I make the best of everything and I am a yes person. So I, well, I'm obsessed with Norway and I really have a special place in my heart for Norway um, I don't know. I won't say no to anything. Try everything once. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think my, 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 maybe my least favorite. I don't know. I, that's hard to say. Cause I don't really have a least favorite, but any, any tropical location that, um, guests aren't thinking about certain things such as the wind on the beach or how sunny it is before the wedding day. So then they show up and half of them are like lobsters, their skin, and then I have to <laughs> adjust 
but um <laughs> those aren't they're not like they're not they're not my not favorite they're just not my favorite like I still feel right. special and warm and fuzzy about them I just think that um they don't realize some of those things but I try to have those conversations beforehand with my couples too just like you know I did for a wedding that I'm about to publish um that was more local that was on a golf course and I know the groom loved golfing but he was looking a little red so I said you know you got to put on more sunscreen or you have to stay out of the sun for the next two weeks before your wedding because I can fix your skin tone a little but I can't make it go away back to normal right (laughs) Um, right or like the dreaded tan lines that are right across the chest. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. No. Like oh, every, yeah. Every photo. Yeah. Um, Have you had any problems with Mexico? I get this question a lot sort of in the groups where people are worried about Mexico and, you know, if they didn't have a right visa for the photographer, like, will they like confiscate their equipment? Like, have you ever had that? I've never had problems with that. And I have been to Mexico for destination weddings. I don't know if it's the area. Um, I've been to Riviera Maya, sorry, Riviera Maya, which you fly into Cancun for and dry. If when you fly to Cancun, if whoever's listening isn't geographically familiar with the area, it's the east coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, which is on the east coast, like the Gulf side of Mexico. Um, and it goes like Cancun and then a little further south is um riviera maya and then further south is tulum so to get to tulum from um cancun is about it's a good hour and a half to two hours um yeah yeah, which i think people don't realize but it's true um so i've never had a problem there i've also been to cabo san lucas not for a wedding but for a wedding press trip um so i've never had a problem there either um, and I've traveled to the west side of the Yucatan with all my camera gear, too. Um, you fly into a different airport for that. And I didn't have a problem there either. So I'd, I'd be curious to know. I can't. Mexico's a really big country, and they're fantastic. Oh, I've also traveled to Tijuana with all my camera gear and Rosarito, which is right. It's in the Baja um, Peninsula, which is right south of pretty much San Diego on the west coast of America yeah. in California. So I'd be curious to know where exactly. Um, another consideration, which is not for me, um, but, you know, you're a mother, uh, is Zika. I had a couple that was getting married in Riviera Maya. This is a different wedding, but Riviera Maya, they had hired me and everything, and they canceled their wedding because they had a lot of guests that weren't going to come because they were trying to have babies. Like, they were at the family stage of their life, and Zika was brand new. And it was a huge problem, um, and they canceled their wedding there, and they decided to get married stateside instead. Yeah, oh, so wow. I don't have anywhere I wouldn't go back to, um, but okay. uh, I think I'm just wiser about the kinds of destination weddings I take and if I'm a good fit for them or not. Um, like I said, the Disney Cruise Line's a big one. Um, I'm very excited to be shooting again for Disney, a really great couple for Disney Cruise Line in may um but it's because i've been contacted and have the experience and know what that entails very thoroughly um yeah yeah, so i would say like know about diseases and um potential for any of those diseases and what shots and everything you need to which there you go another hidden cost like if you are paying for your own health insurance out of pocket and you need a typhoid shot like or malaria pills. That's a serious consideration. That could be a lot of money. Oh, for yeah. You. 
Oh, I got so sick from malaria pills. I don't even want to think about Where it. Where were you? Oh, gosh. Well, when I lived in Hong oh, Kong, yeah. my, they said I had to take them and I took them and I, I think I was losing my mind for, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. When we lived in Hong Kong, we went to Vietnam, right? We went to Vietnam for two weeks and I had to take malaria pills and I was a oh, mess yeah. for like the first two days. And then I, I just was like, all right, forget it. I'm going to get malaria. Like I've take these, stopped taking these pills. <laughs> And then took two days to like get it out of my system. And then I had the best trip of my life. So I don't know. I would definitely talk to your doctor. About yeah. That. Yeah. So that's another <laughs> thing to consider too. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. No, this has been so helpful. Thank you so much, Mikhail. I think everyone listening is going to have like a really good idea of what it's like to sort of get in the business and be a destination wedding photographer and sort of think about if it's the right path for them. And, you know, hopefully you know, if they have any questions, maybe they can reach out to you. So why don't we like tell everybody how to, how to get into contact yeah, with you? Thank you. Um, it is at Mikkel page on all social, on all social media. So it is M I K K E L P A I G E. That's my photography and my travel is sometimes home. So it's S O M E I wait, Mikkel, maybe you should take more <laughs> spelling classes. S-O-M-E-T-I-M-E-S, home, H-O-M-E. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, and, like, feel free to reach out to me if you have any additional questions, whether it's Janae or somebody listening. Janae can just text me, but we have that special kind of relationship. We do. We do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really am, like, I believe in supporting other entrepreneurs and other photographers. So if you have a question about destination weddings, like for sure, just tweet me or send me a message on Facebook or you can email me or, you know, I'm sure you can find a gazillion ways to get in touch with me. Um, and, yeah. And what's your, and what is your main website? Hellpage.com. M I K K E L P A I G E.com. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, yeah. So this is great. So if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to her and you can also check out her work, her wedding photography work and her uh, travel photography at Sometimes Home. Thank you, Mikkel, so much. It's been a pleasure having Thanks, you. Thanks, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you loved today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I want to a huge shout out and a big thank you to Mikkel of Mikkel Page Photography. I love you, girl. Thank you so much for being on the show. So you guys can find out more about Mikkel and go say hi um, by visiting her website at www.mikkelpage.com or you can visit her travel blog and her travel website at www.sometimeshome.com. Best name ever. Uh, she's on Instagram and Facebook and you guys can go say hi to her and follow her work. And don't worry if you didn't catch it. I'm going to post all this information in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.